Most cold cases will never be solved. Occasionally, though, new information or an advancement in technology will give authorities the edge they need for a major breakthrough. This happened to be the case in the disappearance of 17-year-old Brittany Drexel, who vanished during her spring break while walking down Ocean Boulevard, the busy main thoroughfare in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And today we will be discussing the murder of Brittany Drexel. This is um, this is kind of an older case, but it was actually just recently solved, just a few months ago. Yeah, so I, it's one of those I've been familiar with mm-hmm. just vaguely for a while. Uh, I've, I've seen her face plastered everywhere, uh, but had no idea it was solved. Yeah, it, it has been solved, and uh, I thought it was... Um, Maybe sort of appropriate right now because it's it's spring break time. It went unsolved a, for a very long time. A very long okay. time. Yeah, this it happened in 2009, and then it wasn't solved until late 2022. I would constantly like when we're looking for new cases and mm-hmm. such. I'd constantly see her name listed in mm-hmm. uh, like unsolved, disadvantaged yeah. people, never found. Yeah, and actually, there are a lot of podcasts and stuff out there that still have it as unsolved, or where their episodes still, you know say it's unsolved because they don't have an update for it or something okay. like that. It's, well, it's, good. it's actually pretty, uh, only a few months ago. It was in October of, uh, 2022 when, when they made the arrest. So yeah. And this actually occurred during spring break and my kids are actually on spring break right now. So it got me thinking about this case. So. Yeah, that's well, they're not gone on spring break. They're just right, right. Their spring break. Right. But, um, yeah, so let's let's get into what's going on here. Let's, let's talk about, uh, Brittany's background a little bit before we, we get to the incident. So, Brittany Drexel was born October 7th, 1991, and she had um, um, uh, a congenital uh, defect with one of her eyes. She was blind in one eye. Okay. Um, a lot of people will talk about this because she she had these special contacts that kept that eye from wandering, mm-hmm. so it gave her kind of a very striking look with her eyes. But I feel like it was sort of important to mention this as well, and no one ever says this, but it could have made it easier for someone to, to maybe take her because, you know, one side she wouldn't have much peripheral right, vision. Right, right. Um, now well, you said much peripheral vision. Does that mean she wasn't completely blind? Well, she was completely eye? blind in one eye, but I mean, she won't have peripheral vision on one side, right? right. right. She would have one side, but on the other. Now, um, as I said, she was born in 1991 to Don and John, and I, I'm not going to try to pronounce John's last name. He was of Turkish descent, um, but they were very young and ended up splitting up. And uh, John ended up moving away for work, so he was really not in Brittany's life very much early on. And Dawn remarried a man named Chad Drexel, who actually adopted Brittany and uh, was was a father to her. Um, now, I will say John and Brittany did uh, reunite about a year before her disappearance and did spend a lot of time getting back to know each other and bonding, which is very bittersweet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm... I would say I'm, I'm really glad that he did get that time with her to right, right. To, to get things, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, it's tragic, there. but I'm certain he's yeah. much he's much happier that he yeah. got to spend time with his daughter Some time with her, yeah. she passed. Yeah, and uh, one thing the two of them had in common is that uh, she played soccer, was quite good at soccer, actually, in high school, and uh, John had been a big soccer player as well. Okay. Um, but she was fast. She was, she was short, but she was super fast, and apparently was really good at soccer. Uh, she had a boyfriend named John Greco. And apparently it's sort of an on again, off again thing, but isn't that always the case in high school? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I see a lot of people pointing out that, you know, she was, there was, tr- there was turmoil in her relationship, which what, was causing all the stress they think on her. he's a suspect or something? No, 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 no. Okay. He was never a suspect, but they were, they would say that it was a, a big stressor in her life that sort of made things more difficult, but. That just sounds like normal teenage stuff. Normal teenage stuff. I, I don't, I don't think you can really blame any of her problems on John, right? Yeah. Uh, now. Brittany was also dealing with depression. She she had been diagnosed with depression. It was taking some antidepressants. And there was the trouble that uh, that Chad and Dawn were divorcing, right? And this is not like a normal, like, oh, my mom and stepdad are divorcing because this is the guy that raised her, right? right, right. So this is a lot of stress for her. Uh, her mother was losing her house. And that probably caused much more stress in her oh, life yeah. than the, a lot of stress. the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, and her mother was losing her house. I think is it an issue with the divorce, right? They couldn't make the payment or something right, like that. Right. It's going to make everything a lot more difficult, right? So two of her friends, I'm going to say friends, like quote unquote friends, because she, they weren't really close friends. 
uh, asked her to go with him to Myrtle, Bre- Myrtle Beach for spring break. Okay. Now, uh, Brittany's from New York, from a place called Chai Lai, New York, which is a suburb of Rochester, New York. Chai Lai? Chai Lai. Yeah, it was spelled like Chili, C-H-I-L-I, but it is, in fact, Chai Lai. I actually okay. found a news report that said Chai Lai. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but now, like, like I was saying, um, these two sort of friends asked her to go to Myrtle Beach with them for spring break. Apparently, the seniors at her high school was a thing. They would go to, to Myrtle Beach. Now, she wasn't a senior, though, and these girls were older than her. Uh, their names were Alana Lippa and Jennifer Oberer, and as well as their two boyfriends and several other boys were going. Um, but Alana and Jennifer asked her to go with them. Uh, and, you know, Brittany asked her mom, and her mom was like, nope. No, I'm not letting you go. And actually, Chad backed her up on this. So I find that was really good that they stuck together on the parenting thing, even though they're getting divorced, you know, still right, work right, together right. and backing each other up on this kind of stuff. But, you know, her mom said, you know, one, I don't know these girls. Two, you really don't know these girls that well. And everyone's older than you. And I just feel like something bad might happen if you go without this adult supervision. I don't want you to go. Yeah, hard to blame them at all. Yeah. Exactly. But they end up having this huge fight about it. Right? Don and Brittany do. And um, Brittany eventually says, okay, fine. Can I just go stay with my friend in Rochester for a few days, kind of cool off and relax? And and will that be okay? And her mom was like, well, let me talk to their parents. So she goes and she ends up having one of the girls call her mom, pretending to be a parent, and says, yeah, she should come stay at her house for a few days. Don thinks everything's okay. She goes on over to their house and they leave and go to Myrtle Beach. Oh. Uh, Dawn has no idea they're in Myrtle Beach. You know, she thinks she's up at her friend's house in Rochester. Now, when does she learn? Uh, after the disappearance? After the disappearance, oh, yeah. God, well, directly after, basically. So, um, once uh, they get there, you know, Brittany, uh, she's texting her boyfriend, John, the whole time. John was going to go, but he couldn't get off of work. Um and she's texting him constantly saying, you know, I am not having a good time. I'm just not getting along with these girls. Um, you'll read some articles say they're bullying her. Or maybe they just weren't getting along. But obviously there, were, there was some friction right, right. At, at any rate, whether they were bullying her or they didn't get along or who knows what exactly was happening here. But the, it wasn't a good situation for Brittany. She didn't really have uh, no one in the group was really a good friend of hers. She felt kind of isolated. Uh, now, she did run into someone she knew down there, a friend named... Peter. Someone from high school or something? Well, he was 20 years old, so he was a little older oh, than her, right. but she'd known him for several years, so I'm assuming they probably went to high school together. Okay. He was from the Rochester area. He's actually a club promoter, which I don't understand. How, how far is Myrtle Beach from where she was at? Oh, my goodness. Like 13, 14 hours. Okay. Because she's in New York, and we're going, we're talking South Carolina. Right, right. right. So, I'm, if I didn't say South Carolina, I'm sorry. Myrtle Beach is South Carolina. We, we know that because we're from the South. I don't know if everyone else knows. Yeah, it's fair, a big vacation Maybe I'm assuming this. Yeah. Yeah. But right, but uh, this guy's name was uh, Peter Brozowitz. Peter Brozowitz. Now, he's a 20-year-old club promoter from Rochester. I don't know how you're a club promoter at 20 years old. Like, can you get into most clubs at 20? That's a good question. I mean, you got to be 21 I, to drink. Maybe he, so. family. Maybe. And may, maybe at the time, like, you can, like, in different states, you get into, like, different places at different ages, you know? Right, like, right. I remember for a I long time. Is there anywhere here, you can... You can drink. You can't drink, but you could at least get to the club. Because right? Uh, right, right. for a long time around here at 18, you could go into the clubs. But now I think you have to Yeah, they put the big X's on your mm-hmm. hand. I think you have to 21 now, though, don't you? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure. Yeah, I think, I think maybe you Maybe I'm wrong. I know it changed when the smoking laws yeah. changed. Yeah, but uh, that's like a, it's a thing by each state. So. Like, I'm pretty sure if you have uh, if you have minors in... You can't have smoking. Right. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Um, so at any rate, she runs into him there uh, in Myrtle Beach, and she spends some time hanging out with him and his friends. He's there with several guys as well, all older than her, too. But she seems like she may be more comfortable with him than she is with the group she's down there with. Right. So she hangs out with him a bit. I know one night they all go to a club called Club Kryptonite. That's their first night in Myrtle Beach. Uh, and she was seen there. Now, I don't know how in the world she got into a club at age 17. That's a Unless maybe at Myrtle Beach you can get in at Very bad security. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, she was also a good-looking girl. Yeah, she's that, really cute. That helps. Yeah, like, I think a lot of bouncers just let you in yeah. for that kind of thing. Especially, you know, it's... I mean, we... I, I, I hate that places like that, but I have been. I mean, yeah. often the girls just get waved right through. Right? Yeah, exactly. You don't need to show ID. Especially, like, at a beach kind of club, too, right, you know. Yeah. It's, it's everyone there is probably 
most people there are probably underage, high schoolers, college students, you know, partying. So at any rate, um, she's been hanging out with Peter a bit as well. So um, as Brittany is spending more time in Myrtle Beach, she keeps te- texting John. And she seems like she's less and less happy the more time that goes on. Right. Not getting along with, with her quote-unquote friends that are down there. Like I said, I don't know if she was even close to it at all. They may have just been acquaintances that asked her to go. Maybe they needed a, someone else to help split the bill. I don't, I don't know. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Now. That, that, actually, that, that brings me to a question. Did, how did she have money? Did she have a job or something she was working? No, not that I'm aware of. So I, I don't know if she even had and that Her mother much money. didn't give her permission to go, so I was just wondering. Well, she may have had some money, though. Maybe you know? so. Like, like, we don't know. And maybe she didn't really need that much money. I don't know. We, we don't know the specifics of that exactly. Um, I do know that, that, like I said, John was planning to go with her, but wasn't able to because he couldn't get off work. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have given her some money to go. We, we don't know. Uh, but as we keep going here, um, she kept texting John. She wasn't happy down there. Um, the days go by and on the third day they're there is April 25th. That's the, the night she disappears. And, uh, about eight o'clock that night, she, um, leaves her hotel and walks down ocean Boulevard. That's the main strip in Myrtle beach, uh, to Peter's hotel because she had, uh, seen them earlier at the beach and had left her flip flops in his car. So she's walking down there to get them. Um, his flip flops in her car when she disappeared then. No, no, she 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 actually got there and got a flip <laughs> That would be a bad look. And then disappeared on the way back. Okay. Well, this guy ends up having a pretty bad look anyway. So oh, okay, okay. We we can we can go on with that. Um now uh she gets there and she ends up staying about ten staying about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh she gets there and you the the security cameras see her go in and then they see her leaving in about ten minutes later. And uh, according to Peter, she got there and got her flip flops and was having sort of a, a a fight over text messages with uh with her friend mm-hmm. uh Jennifer. Uh she was wearing a pair of Jennifer's black shorts and Jennifer had texted her and tell her she needed to bring them back because she wouldn't wear them out that night. Um and apparently it had sort of progressed into a bit of an argument. So she was frustrated and she left again, uh started walking back down Ocean Boulevard to go back to her hotel to return the shorts. Now, um, there was a security camera along Ocean Boulevard that did pick her up on her way to Peter's hotel, uh-huh. but it never saw her on the way back. Now, the thing is, and this is how this was discovered, is she was constantly texting. Uh, she was just kind of buried in her phone all the time, as a lot of teenagers are, right? And uh, she was normal there. She was texting John the whole time, telling him what she was doing. She's like, "Yeah." She she told him she was miserable. She said she was going to go back to the hotel and just stay at the hotel all night and maybe sleep and come home the next day. She just wanted to go home. And, and John was texting her back and forth, and um, suddenly she stopped texting him. So, and this, this was, was on weird. the way back to the. Uh, mm-hmm. On the the back to her hotel. Yeah. She's walking, right? And this is like nine o'clock at night, right? Um, Was it a well-lit area? It was, it was, it was well, it was very busy too. I mean, there were, there were cars and everything going down through there, but I really don't think like a a 17 year old girl probably should be walking by herself. I I agree. uh, Among all these like, you know, like drunk guys. Generally in public like that, well-lit, you're safe. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would think so really. Um, But Anyway, as we're going on here, uh, John starts to panic. Uh, this is her boyfriend, John, uh, because, you know, she, she's always texting him. It's, it's weird that she's not texting him back. Right, right. So he starts saying, you, you need to text me back. What's going on? And he eventually says, listen, if you don't text me back, I'm going to have to call your mom and tell her what's going on because I'm worried about you. And she never texted him back. So he did. He called Don. And he was like, listen, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I kept this from you. I shouldn't have done it. But um, Brittany went to Myrtle Beach. She's there, and I can't get a hold of her, and we need to do something about it. So he actually had um, Alana and Jennifer's numbers and everything. He had all this information. He knew who was down there with her. So Dawn starts trying to call these girls. She calls both of them, leaves very panicked uh, voicemails. She never actually got a hold of them? No, they never. And from what I understand, to this day, have never contacted her since then. Those two girls never said, you know, hey, we hate that this is going on. Can we help? Nothing. I've never spoken to her since. He's got to be kidding me. Uh, now, that's what I understand. Uh, I, I can't say it for 100%, but I've, I've heard several, you know, podcasts and, and YouTube videos say that. But I, I have no proof of that. Um, Jesus. 
And, and again, like that could have been dated, could have happened she since then. Have, but she must have really liked those shorts. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know, but they've never spoken to Dawn about this. Um, now Dawn then called Peter, who to his credit did pick up the phone. I'm just. They knew so, and they they absolutely knew she had disappeared, right? That that's no, there's well, no way that had escaped them. Oh well, no, I mean they they weren't paying attention to her, like the, even her friends. So I mean, eventually they had to know. Oh no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, not that night. So at some point but, in this story, oh yeah, I mean, and they still wouldn't respond to her. Well, no, I mean the did police, police speak to police them? interviewed her and stuff. Yeah, but she never did call the mom back. They never did call the mom back. Say like, hey, we hate that this happened. Can we do anything? You know. And they sounded real torn. And up honestly, that. like. I realize you're they're, they're over eighteen, right? But they're still kids. But like when a, a someone's mom calls you like in a panic, saying I can't find my that child, seems extraordinarily callous. You got you got to call them back, even for children. Yeah. Well, like I said, Peter though, on the other hand, did at least pick up the phone. But he was like kind of a dick to her mom. I wouldn't say he was terrible, but like he was like, no, I don't, I don't know where she is. Not particularly helpful. And he's like, I'm, I'm really not here to babysit her. That's why I didn't walk her home. Like she said, why didn't you take, why didn't you take her back to her place? He said, well, I'm not here to babysit her. Right. And, um, she was just panicked and she called the police and, and was trying to, you know, get a missing persons report going. But according to the, the Myrtle beach police, you, you have to come in in person to file that report. I don't know why. Um, and obviously she couldn't get Peter or anybody to go down there and do it for her. So she's panicking. They do have a family friend named John Hahn, and he is actually stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Okay. So she calls him in a panic. He says, can you go down there and file a missing person report? You can get there before I can. He said, yes. He drops everything. He drives to Myrtle Beach and goes into the police station to file a missing person report. Now, obviously, the cops, you know, are like, you know, it's supposed to be 24 hours. We really can't do anything yet. But he manages to talk them into starting an investigation right now because he said this is a 17-year-old girl that is constantly plugged into her phone, and she has not texted anyone for hours now. Yeah. You know, this is this is very abnormal. We, we cannot find her. So he calls the cops in to start the investigation right then. Well, that's good. And trying to find her. Um, so how long has it been since her disappearance at this point? I'm really not sure what time I mean, he got. Luckily, the boyfriend acted pretty quickly. He did. He so. acted very quickly. And uh, I know by 10 o'clock, he had talked to the mother and had everything going. Usually there are very large time gaps in yeah. between a disappearance and police getting involved. I, I don't know what time John got there, but I know it wasn't that much later. You know, he, he was there within a few hours. Okay. So they had the ball rolling here. And thank God for for the boyfriend, John, and for John Hahn, both these guys, uh, you know, being willing to help out here. These, yeah, these yeah. are both really good guys. And and her boyfriend, John Greco, who is still just a kid too, was at least clear-headed enough to think, I've got to call her mom and get right, something right. happening here because this is this is this is not right. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um now, uh as we go forward, you know, they really just can't find any trace of her. They have uh they're able to determine cell phone pings that move south uh around a town called Georgetown. But how far south is that? Uh, it's I think it's about thirty minutes south. Okay. Of uh, it's, it's not terribly far, but it's not it's not like super close. But right it does there. seem likely she was put into a vehicle. Yeah, she was definitely put into a vehicle, and, and they would find that out later. Uh, at the time, they couldn't tell, but later on, they're able to determine that like her the pings sped up to the point where like she went from walking to where she's been fifty five miles an hour. Or right. So, right. so she had to be in a car. Exactly. Um, but they they can't determine like what happened now. First, the first person they look at is obviously Peter, right? Because he's the last person that saw her alive. Yeah. Um, and they they actually name him as a person of interest. Um, but doesn't mean much. Doesn't mean much. And there, there was he was cleared of everything pretty early on. And he did work with police. Uh, I mean, you know, he did. Uh, he he cooperated, but things looked rough with him because, like, actually that very night uh, after she had disappeared. He and his friends left the hotel like one or two o'clock and head back to New York, and oh, one or two in the morning. Yeah, that it looks, does not look great. It does look that timing. Great. Were police able to find uh, any witnesses on the street? You no one that found her that saw her. No one saw her get into car. Either. But no. they were able to at least find people who were on the street around that time. Yeah, they they definitely did. But the problem is, like, it's such a like party atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Noticing somebody like that, you know, it's just. You're not going to notice one girl walking down the street, right? right? right. Uh, when there are hundreds of people walking down the strip there in Myrtle Beach, I, I've never actually kind of like anonymity by crowd. Yeah, I've never been to Myrtle Beach, 
Um, but I can imagine, I mean, I, I know what the, the main strip at Panama City Beach looked like around 2009. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I oh, imagine yeah. it's about the same thing. Right. Yeah, I'm so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's busy, you know, there's parties, everything else. And this is spring breaks, so you know. And hearing someone of, scream, you might think they were laughing. Yeah, or, exactly. If she did scream, right? Yeah, right. We, we don't know exactly what happened there. Um, oh, yeah, I guess I'm... She yeah. could have easily. It could have easily been someone she trusted. So. Yeah, that's that's something they looked into. A lot of times they were, thinking, they were looking into. You know, did she get into the, someone's car willingly? You know, was it someone she knew? And, and it does seem like if she'd have fought and made a a real scene, someone would have seen it. You would think so, right? But if she got into someone's car willingly, and this is what's always stuck with me, and I rarely ever hear him point this out, if she got into someone's car willingly, why would she have stopped texting? That's a, you know what, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. No one ever points that out. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a good point, right? Seems yeah, like those she two was things are not very consistent, are they? No, not at all. Yeah. She must've been in trouble from the moment. Yeah. Or she might've gotten in willingly, but then was in trouble immediately. Immediately. After she got in there, right? So uh, let, let's keep going with this. So they looked at Peter. He was, he was cleared pretty early on, but, but people like thought, a lot of people, you know, public eye, they were still thinking, oh, this guy must have had something to do with it. He was the last person to see her. And plus, it's a it's a room full of, you know, like 20-something-year-old guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course you're going to suspect them yeah, of, of doing something to this, uh, this you know, pretty 17-year-old girl. Right? Uh, which is not necessarily fair. You know, it's not. But it's people I mean, think that way, right? Statistically, people I mean, yeah. police have to look at them. They have to look at him. Um, They were cleared of everything, though. I mean, they were able to tell by cell phone pings. They were nowhere near where she you know, dis- she disappeared from and she went the other way and they didn't go that way. At right, all. right, so, right. So, um, I mean, they were sure that these guys didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, Peter ended up going so there on. there wasn't really any ambiguity there about whether they could have done it. Uh, no, no. Uh, Peter ended up going on Dr. Phil just a few weeks after her disappearance too. Okay. Uh, to try to like clear his name. We went on with his lawyer and he, he really, he didn't look good on there either. Uh, just, just he he just seemed like he was far more concerned with like his appearance than right, he was right. about Britney's disappearance, which I'm sure he was because at 20 years yeah, but, old, you, but you can't selfish. let the audience yeah, know exactly, that right? you have to appear concerned yeah. for your friend. Exactly, but I'm not even sure if, if she was really Though, his. I mean, the very fact friend. that he was there with his lawyer, yeah, probably gave the game away, right? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> at any rate, though, God, he, maybe we should put a picture of him. He looked he had this huge like white collar on his shirt and it just he looks like someone you would think club promoter right Right, like like, and i i don't know like i can't think club promoter without thinking sleazy right and i'm not trying no offense to any club promoters out there it's just that's the image that comes to mind i mean obviously how in the hell are you a 20 year old club promoter i just it doesn't make sense look i'm guessing it was a family business maybe it's just that like you you're not love to drink and you're a club promoter i mean he let's be honest he probably didn't work his way up Uh, at 20 who knows? Who knows? Right. Um, but he was like the first suspect anyone looked at, but he was pretty quickly cleared. Um, now, about a year after Brittany's disappearance, a man named Sean Taylor was accused of attempting to kidnap a woman uh, right on Ocean Boulevard. So very similar circumstances. Very, very similar circumstances. Uh, I think it's a 20-year-old woman from Tennessee, and she actually uh, she said there were three men and one of them she elbowed so hard in the face that he, his nose started bleeding. And uh, you know, she, she seemed like she got a pretty good look at him. But this was in the middle of busy Ocean Boulevard. They just tried to grab her. To kidnap a Southern girl. <laughs> exactly, right? But, you know, right there in the middle of Ocean Boulevard, tried to uh, kidnap her. So she actually identified uh, this man named Sean Taylor in a lineup. But apparently it was a misidentification uh, because uh, security footage from somewhere else actually backed up Sean's alibi. So it apparently was not him. Oh, okay. But he was someone they started looking into as well, though, because it was a very similar case. So they started looking at Sean Taylor, but again, you know the the security footage it exonerated from this. You said this was a year later. Yeah, almost. That trail must have gone cold pretty quick. Then I mean, there wasn't much of a trail. Yeah, you know what I mean. But then there was someone else there who started looking back as far back as 2011. It was a man named Raymond Moody. Okay. Uh, and at the time, he was being looked at in the disappearance of another girl. It was very similar. Um, and Raymond was a convicted sex offender, convicted on multiple charges. One of them, he abducted a uh, child from a playground in California and raped her. Oh, dear Lord. Um, yeah. So this was a, this How was a bad How old was dude. this girl? 
I, I don't know her exact age. A lot of times you can't find that information right, on the victim because right. it's, but it was a playground. Yeah, that, that does not. So it's not good. And he, had, and he was actually multiple different, different charges of sex offenses, you know, like, uh, I think there's indecent exposure and lewd behavior around minors, stuff like that. Uh, he was sent to, to prison for that. Uh, and then, you know, he got out and moved to Myrtle Beach. Uh, or he was from there, but he moved back there. Right now, uh, they were looking into him, but they weren't able to connect him to uh, Brittany's disappearance or the other girl they were looking to him for. But it, there was a sort of similar disappearance, and because they suspected him of the other girl, they were looking at him for Brittany. They but they never were him. able to clear this guy. Uh, we weren't able to clear him, but they just couldn't connect. Him. Right, right. All right. So in 2016, the FBI takes over the investigation, and things start moving a little more quickly. Uh, they Name a new suspect. Wait, she was 17, right? Shouldn't the FBI have been involved from the beginning? Well, I'm not saying they weren't involved, but they sort of took it over at this okay. point, right? So they, they, they like well, take I'm lead pretty sure they, they have jurisdiction for any minor that goes, dis- that goes missing. No, they're not. Right? I'm pretty sure they do as well, but it doesn't mean they're going to take lead in the investigation. Fair they could enough, just, you know, enough. assist. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of cases where they're just assisting. Right. Well, they don't generally like to step yeah. on the toes of local law enforcement. Yeah. So and I think they decided to, to step in because this one is maybe going cold and they, they wanted to move forward. Uh, and they come up with a new suspect. And what we have here is a man named Taquan Brown comes forward with information. But the thing about Taquan Brown is he was an inmate serving 25 years on manslaughter. Oh, when he comes forward with the information. And he names uh, someone named Timothy Deshaun Taylor. Does that sound familiar? Timothy Deshaun Taylor. Well, he just said the name of his father a few minutes ago was Sean Taylor. Oh, okay. This is the son of Sean Taylor. You've got to be kidding me. Not at all. Uh, and he names him as the man that took uh, Brittany. And, um, and the police start looking at him. Now, let's talk about... Timothy for a Do minute. Do we know here. how he got that name? What, what's the connection there? With Taquan and Timothy? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Timothy has said he doesn't know Taquan Brown. and He doesn't know where he came up with him from. But Taquan told this story. Uh, he said that uh, shortly after uh, Brittany's disappearance, he was meeting with Deshaun's dad, Sean Taylor, at a stash house in... Um, in Georgetown, or excuse me, in McClellanville, which is close to Georgetown. My stash house, is that where the drugs are kept? Yeah, drugs, other, you know, illegal things go into stash house. Contraband. He was, yeah, he, he was meeting there to give him some money for something, unmen- probably drugs, who knows. And he says that, you know, just while he's there, he happens to see in the stash house, uh, Brittany Drexel's there, and she's being sexually assaulted by multiple men. And while he's outside. And this is just going on while he's there? Yeah, he just happens to walk by it. Okay. And while he's there doing his deal with Sean, um, Brittany tries to escape and runs out of the house. And these guys run out behind her and pistol whip her, carry her back in. Then he hears a couple gunshots, and then he sees a couple guys carrying a something wrapped up in a rug out to a car. Did police take this seriously at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were all about, uh, the FBI was all about Timothy Taylor. Okay. I'm not a trained FBI agent, admittedly, mm-hmm. but that sounded like absolute horseshit to me. You know what it sounded a lot like to me is the guy's testimony in the Holly Bobo case. It's been a while, but yeah, yeah. And, but you know, and they convicted the guy, that guy, that, off that. that they did. Um, yeah, there there are a lot of similarities there. Aren't there? A lot of similarities, right? Uh, he happened to not be there for the murder, but he saw them trying to dispose. Whatever. Yeah. Then he says he knows that her body was disposed of in a gator pit. Is that a thing? I don't. Know. I mean, I know they have swamps and gators there in South Carolina. Okay, we're from the south. Okay. We, but we're from Appalachia South. We are not from the low country right, right. down there. So, I mean, if they're just like gator pits. I mean, I'd like to I think know. that there are just pits in Florida. that. that, that well, this was in South Carolina, actually. But yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, right. But, but yeah, like just with gators and like they dispose of a body in there. Like, whatever. I mean, it sounds plausible and the FBI bought it. So whatever. But um, I'm not sure that it does sound plausible, Dan. Well, I'm saying I would think gators would eat a body. Okay, sure. Yeah. But it also seems like something you but would have this seen. This body like, under those circumstances. I mean, it just seems like something you would see on TV, right? There's a difference between the general statement 
Yeah. And believing that he saw what he said he saw. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing about uh, about Taquan Brown is his story changed up over the years. He gave an interview later on and said that he had seen uh, Brittany four times after her disappearance. So obviously that wasn't her that got shot that first time. He just yeah. kept he just kept kind of you know. So he saw her after remembering. She was... You know how when you're in jail for several years, you tend to remember more stuff. Right. 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 Particularly if you think it might help you yeah. in some way. And strangely enough, it tends to line up with what the FBI is telling you. That <laughs> works. But um, strangely enough, like, yeah, he had seen her a few other places. Uh, one of them was at his uncle's house. She, he walked in and she Wait, was drugged. For, for family he dinner? Was, she was sitting in a recliner drugged when he walked into his uncle's house for some reason. And I don't know. And How the they believe this? We're, we're buying this shit. Well, I mean, I think it's all they had to go on. Uh, so the crazy thing here is they... Wait, wait, wait. No, no, hold on. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not, I know it's not an excuse. Like when someone is telling you obvious bullshit, um, even if you don't have a, another explanation, doesn't mean you go with that. Well, let's continue with what the FBI did, okay? so uh, It's not a consolation prize. According to the FBI, they said they had several people corroborate the story, though. Which is really weird to me. Okay, wait. Who corroborated it? Was it oh, more they never, inmates? They never, they never said who corroborated it. So, But they said the people were giving them details which, that corroborated which the Which version were they corroborating? I think the first version, I don't know. This is not information we got, right? And a lot of it, I think, is them just being desperate to yeah. to catch someone, right? So what's going on here with, uh, with Timothy Taylor? Let's talk about him for a minute. Timothy... Had one arm. Okay. Okay. He he had lost an arm when he was just a small child. So this is a person with one arm. All right. Uh, now I know Brittany was a smaller girl. Fair. I'm not saying he couldn't have done this, right? But also probably would have made it a little more difficult, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. Now I don't know exactly how old Timothy was when Brittany went missing, but she went missing in 2009. Okay. In 2011, and this is how Timothy got his police record he was 16 years old and he was involved in the robbery of a mcdonald's okay he was the the driver he was just out there waiting in the car and drove them when they left and he ended up being arrested for it he was 16 in 2011 when that happened okay so he was what 14 15 years old yeah when Brittany yeah. went missing 14 15 years old and missing an arm missing an arm and he took her wait wait but we know that she was in a vehicle yeah Maybe he was. Maybe he's still driving. I don't know. At fourteen or fifteen, I don't know. But Quan Brown says that he knows that Timothy is the guy that took. Even though he didn't see, apparently did not see Timothy at the stash house. He knows that Timothy was the guy that took her. Okay, so Daniel, I get that you don't know, right? I get that. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is how a trained FBI agent, more than one trained FBI agent, listened to this shit. And thought it was even remotely plausible. I don't either. Maybe they just wanted to believe it. Um, but we'll talk about it. Like now, the Taylor Somebody family really wanted this guy, didn't they? Yeah. Well, the Taylor family had a pretty sordid past, and there were other members of the family that had been involved and uh, implicated in disappearances, murders, stuff like that. Okay. Just as we said before, uh, Timothy's dad, Sean Taylor, was accused in that disappearance right after Britney's, but he was exonerated of that. So tell me this, how much time was being wasted? And I'm assuming this is all going to be wasted in the end on this suspect. A lot, a lot of time. Let's tell, let me tell you what they did. So as I said, uh, Timothy was arrested back in 2011 for this McDonald's robbery. He was 16 years old and he cooperated with police. He, he, He did everything he could. He gave them all the information he had. And because of that, they just sentenced him to some probation. They gave him a, a light sentence because, one, he didn't go in the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting on the car. Just the wheel man. Just the wheel man. And he cooperated with them. So they said, okay, we're just going to give you probation for this, and we'll let you off. The other guys got a more harsh sentence. Okay? Now, when they start looking into him in 2016, the feds decide, well, he got off awfully easy for this crime. We're going to charge him with it, too. Oh, lovely. Now, you would think 
This would uh, it's this not would be double, double jeopardy. jeopardy. One was state, one was federal. Exactly. Uh, the dual, that so- way. dual sovereignty rule. Yeah. So they can do that, right? Oh yeah. Now, um, even though, even though, uh, when Taquan Brown said he was at that stash house, we have proof that Timothy was at school. We have proof he was there. Okay. Even though we have that, do we know how we know that? Well, there were records of him making school that day. Oh, well, fair, fair. Right? Even though we know that. Okay. The feds arrest him for this crime he's already committed and served time for in 2011. Okay? And they charge him with it again on a federal level just to squeeze him for information. Now, this is a big problem for Mr. Taylor because he doesn't have any information because he wasn't involved. Spoiler alert, he wasn't involved. It's also a big problem for... Civil liberties in general. It really is, right? Like this, this, this is double jeopardy. Well, let's not pretend it's not. I, I mean, realize legally it's not, but yeah, of but course it, is. it is. You you shouldn't be able to do this. To someone. No, no, you should not. You, you charge someone with a crime they've already committed. They're saying we can give them up to ten years on conspiracy for this. Holy shit! And they're holding that over his head, trying to get information. And he's cooperating. He's giving every piece of information he has. He he does a polygraph test. They say, well, he's being deceptive in the polygraph test. That's pseudoscience. Polygraphs are pseudoscience. Research shows that they're they're about as good as a coin flip at determining truthfulness. Can we please get rid of polygraphs? Can we please get rid of polygraphs? They have never helped anyone that actually took the test. No, no, it's ridiculous. But he took took the polygraph. They said, oh, well, he's being deceptive. So... Whatever. But hey, they don't even have to tell you the truth about your results. So he may not have been... I mean... We don't even know. No, 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 no. And from interviews I've seen, like, apparently they told him he passed, but then they tell everyone else he's being deceptive. Because you just tell them whatever, you know. I mean, it's 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 just a tool for law enforcement to intimidate you, really. Yeah, it really is. Well, at any rate, we're, 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 we're getting off on a tangent here, griping about how they handled this case. But at any rate, he has no information, so he can't really give them any information about it. And you know what? They end up, they end up finding him guilty on this. But he's been under house arrest for a while, so they just sentenced him to time served. So, I mean, there's that. But he was—he still had like 300-some-odd days of house and arrest. And put another crime on his record. Yeah. This was terrible. This was such a miscarriage of justice for Mr. Taylor. Jesus Christ. Man. And you have got no idea how many, like, dated podcasts from, like, maybe, I don't know, like two years ago still act like this guy was guilty because this is the best lead they had, even though we know he's not because it's been solved. I don't need to know how this story ends to know that that's that, that those that his testimony was garbage. And can right. I can I like bring something up here? I know he committed a crime, and he's he may have had some like unsavory family members that committed crimes too. But you were not your family, yeah. And you can't be committed convicted on that. And I'm sorry, but because you made a really stupid mistake when you were 16 years old and tried to rob McDonald's. That should not ruin your entire life. He robbed a McDonald's. He didn't firebomb a building. No, and he, he was 16. You do stupid stuff when you're 16. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a bad decision, but it shouldn't ruin your entire life for something you do when you're a teenager. At any rate, I mean. Do we know why he came forward with this information? Was it? Taquan? Yeah. You know, I, we really don't because he's, he, he claimed that he was not being offered a deal or anything, but. God knows he he was trying to get something. Right? Yeah, he actually... I, mean, I have a hard time believing it was out of the goodness of his heart. He actually ended up pressing charges uh, against the DA and several other people because they released his name with his statement. Mm-hmm. And he said that his life was in jeopardy because of that. Because I guess he was a bit of a snitch or something. Right, right. He said there was a contract out in his life and a group of bloods were trying to cash in on it. This guy sounds like a pathological liar, to be honest with you. No, he really does. But when do we get back to suspects that might actually be, bear some fruit? Let's 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 get to it. But let's just go ahead and talk about how this case was solved now, because basically they kill. I don't know how much time trying to prosecute poor Timothy Taylor. And this had to have been a couple of years or more. Oh right? yeah, they spent tons of time on that. But it's not until 2022 they're actually able to crack the case. And as I said, it's because of advancements in technology. Okay. Right? Uh, because of uh, newer GPS technology, they're able to really uh, nail down those phone pings. 
and they can determine when she stopped walking at about five miles per hour and started moving at about 55 miles per hour in the okay. vehicle. So they were able to narrow it down to a one minute window when she, when was, taken. she was taken. And they start looking at that one camera they have on the street and they look at the cars that are going by. Okay. And guess whose car they see go through there? Raymond Moody. Raymond Moody. Yeah, he was the uh, convicted child sex offender. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they, they find his vehicle going through there that exact time. So they go and speak probably to... Probably not a coincidence. Probably not. So they go and speak to Mr. Moody's girlfriend uh, named Angel Voss. And she's a real winner, let me tell you. But um, she, uh, they finally talk her into wearing a wire mm-hmm. to help them out. They they get her to talk to him, and because of what he says on the wiretap, uh, they're able to arrest him, not for her murder, but for obstruction of justice back in 2011 when they were investigating this the first time. They find out he's lied about something, so they arrest him for okay. obstruction. And this is just so they can hold him while they finish their investigation. Of course. But it seems that he, f- he realizes he's been caught, because you know he, he knows they're on to him at this oh, point. Yeah. So he confesses. He did it. So let me go ahead and tell you the story that he told, and I'm going to tell you why I think it's bullshit. But I mean, he did it. He did it. But but he's t- he's lying about what happened. He says that minimizing his involvement somehow. Yeah. yeah well, 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 trying to make it sound a little better at any yeah. rate. He says that he and Angel were cruising down Ocean Boulevard that night, smoking marijuana, mm-hmm. windows down. And he says he drives by Brittany, and she looks up, said, "Hey, that smells like some good weed you've got there." Yeah, sounds like that sounds seventeen year old girl would say to right? a creepy kid diddler. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like something she'd say, right? Um, and he says, well, would you like some? She said, yeah, sure. So she hops in the just car. Hop, just gets right on in. Gets right on in. And uh, says they drive down to uh, Georgetown to a campsite uh, next to the Santee River. Oh, because, of course, she would She would definitely want them to leave yeah. the, the immediate vicinity. Yeah. And they're smoking marijuana there. And he says what happens is that his girlfriend, Angel, has to leave to take something to her son. Mm-hmm. And he's been thinking this whole time that Brittany wants him. I mean, obviously. And so he makes his move and she shuts him down. And at that point, he's just too riled up and he ends up raping her. And he said, well, you know, after I raped her, I thought she was going to tell somebody. So I went ahead and killed her and I hit her in the bushes. And um, he he strangled her to death. And it was that night. Okay. I have to wonder, what is he minimizing at this point? Well, I I think it's just he's saying that she got in there willingly. For a minimization story, that's pretty shit. Well, yeah, he's saying she got in there willingly, but I don't believe for a minute she got in their car willingly. Right? Hell So, obviously, he's lying about something. I think he may be trying to protect Angel as well. Maybe Maybe. so. I don't know. But then he said when Angel got back, he just told her that Brittany had called somebody, her friends came and picked her up. There is no chance in hell that girl got in that vehicle. And then he came back the next day and moved the body. Now, uh, I know he's not lying about killing her because he did lead police to her body. Okay. And they were able to identify it by dental records. But I don't believe for a minute she got in that car. I mean, she may have gotten in willingly, but not for some marijuana. Okay, let's talk about this. For one... Um, what does this guy look like? Does he look like you would expect a child molester to look like? No, he looks he, he looks very creepy. He's, You're not going to convince me a cute 17-year-old girl would get in the no. vehicle with that man. No, no, no. For, for one, okay... Her boyfriend, John Greco, has said uh, multiple times that she, she wasn't really into drugs. And that was part of the reason she was very uncomfortable with the crowd she was down there with because they were kind of into drugs. So it doesn't seem like, you know, smoking some marijuana would be her thing. If it was, Myrtle Beach, middle of spring break, a cute 17-year-old girl does not need to get into the car with a creepy older guy to get some marijuana. No, not even close. Um, you know, I'm... I'm just putting that out there, right? Like, the, the, she would have much better options for getting marijuana. Like, basically, walking back into Club Kryptonite, super easy, right? At any rate, I don't believe that for a second. Then we have the fact that her, she just stopped texting her boyfriend. Obviously, she would have kept texting him on the ride. Yeah, of course. Right? No, I guess nothing's going on, right? She got in voluntarily. Yeah, so she would have kept texting him and saying, "Hey, I've, I've found I've some new friends." Someone, yeah, exactly. Now that didn't happen, right? Um, the the DA says they believe that she got in the car willingly, and then she was, you know, raped and and Wait, murdered. So- but I, I I don't think I think they're just saying that because that's what he said. He said, and that's really all they've got. To, after all these years, that's all they've got to go on, right? There is no way an investigator believes. That she got in that car, Willie. No, no. The only thing I can think of is if maybe 
maybe he had Angel talk to her and say, hey, you okay, hon? You need to ride? And she thought, I do need to ride, right? That's one thing I can think of. Maybe. Though, was she convicted of anything? No, because she helped police, and apparently she wasn't there for the murder. She didn't think anything really happened. But I'm going to tell you what I think. I think that this woman helped him catch her. But yeah. I, I mean, that's what it seems to me. I think she was completely in on it. I mean, she admits to being with him that night, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're supposed to believe she just wandered off? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to believe. I think she was involved. I think she got off scot-free because she wore a wire and helped authorities. I'd like to know how many times this had happened beforehand. Well, I, the I, I don't remember the other girl's name they are investigating him for in 2011. I would, tell, I would say he probably abducted and murdered her as well. Yeah. Because, I mean... He he did not admit to this because he was feeling guilty. He admitted to this because no. he was sitting in a jail cell and he thought if I if I go ahead and fess up now, I may get a lighter sentence than if I make them you know do all the it. grunt work, right? So yeah, but I think Angel was definitely much more involved than she gave credit for. I think she may have helped in some way, uh, and you know everybody says this is a well lit strip. You could see everything happening. People are probably screaming left and right because they're partying. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you just, let's say, and this is just what I'm thinking. Angel is walking down the street and Moody is driving. Okay. Let's say Moody stops, opens up his door. Angel's right beside Brittany. She shoves her into the car. They shut the door and they go. Plausible. Plausible, right? I don't have any evidence of this, but it seems to me, I don't think anyone would notice this happening. Even if she did scream a little bit, because it would look like people are just like messing around, drunk, partying on their spring break. Yeah. yeah. And you hear so many people screaming and stuff constantly. Like, uh, these places, if you've never been to places like this during spring break, they are They're crazy. Loud. They're loud. Everything's going on. Yeah, I think she definitely had much more to do with it than is. Yeah, it, it certainly sounds like it. Yeah. But at any rate, that is what happened. Because if by some miracle she did, Brittany did get in that vehicle voluntarily, it wasn't because he asked. Oh, no. It was because another woman had put her off her guard. Yeah, yeah. That's we'll, the only explanation. We'll I put could. up a picture of him so everyone can see because he's, he, he's definitely creepy looking. Definitely creepy looking. Another little detail about him. Um, now, when he moved back to uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he just got out of prison and his, uh, cell husband from prison actually moved back with him. Um, and, uh, his what now? His cell husband from prison. No, you know, like he had a lover in prison. Okay. I was like, I didn't know if that's exactly what you meant. Yeah. No, he had, he had a lover in prison. He got this guy to move back with him. Right. And they ended up leaving him for angel. But at any rate, um, it hadn't been that long that he'd moved out of his cell husband's house okay. uh, when this happened, and uh, so he wasn't with Angel anymore. No, 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 no. This was this was he. He was already with Angel, right? Okay. Like, like he. Um, God, I this don't, is afterwards. Then this is after the abduction. Okay. Okay. So he he. Uh, I, I wish I could remember the cell husband's name. I watched an interview with him, but he was saying that one night he hears something downstairs. He goes downstairs and he sees it's it's Moody. Right, and he's like, "Oh, it's just me. I'm just here to get some tools left here." And he sees him, and he says, "His face, his neck, and his bald head are just scratched to pieces." And he said, "What happened?" He said, "Oh, I had a, had a wild weekend." He's like, "It must have been, you know." Yeah. And he didn't think. I mean, he didn't think about it at the time because, like, I mean, you know, why would he even right, think about yeah. what was going on, right? You know. But he said, like, "Now I've put it together. That's what happened. This girl like fought him tooth and nail." Good. You know. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. What happened to her is terrible. It is what? terrible. But thank God what Taquan Brown said happened didn't happen. Oh, God, yes. Well, because can we go back to this? I mean, now that we know what happened, we know this man was lying. Right. Can you? <laughs> I mean, not well, me. we knew that all along, right? But like the shit he made up. Can you imagine her family having to hear that? Oh, God. Like he he put her family through all this, thinking she went through sex Hell. trafficking and no telling how many being men were raping with, her, being thrown to gators. Why 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 would you do that to her family just to like hopefully get a lighter sentence, get some more money in your account? 
to buy ramen noodles with? Like, no what? conscience. They are the worst people on the planet. Honestly, like, I wish the Bloods would have caught up with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did nothing. They probably weren't even after. He's probably trying to get some money out of the whole thing. But, you know, at any rate, we know what happened. We know this moody guy. Terrible. And he was messed up. Like, he, he had received, uh, back in the 80s, I think it was a 40, maybe 60-year sentence. He got out early for, you know, good behavior and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If he'd served that whole sentence, he would have still been in jail. Yeah. This wouldn't have happened. There's a what if scenario for you. Yeah. So let's let's keep letting the uh, child molesters and violent criminals out, and let's keep those people in jail well, that gotta, are doing drugs. We right? got to rehabilitate them, Dan. I'm all about rehabilitating, uh, you know, people who are in their own drug crimes, right. and you know, but child molesters. No, they, I don't know. That, I don't care to rehabilitate. Even to rehabilitate if child you molesters. can rehabilitate these people, how do you know? And how do you risk that in the future? You don't. Exactly. Ideally. You can't put these people back out there in society. No. No. No, 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 no. I, you, you abduct someone from a, a playground? And you sh- you think you should ever go free again? <sighs> Sorry, I, I get fired up about these things. But no. Um, yeah. I gotta calm back down. That's what happened to uh, Brittany Drexel, though. And, and yeah, there are... Um, and I wonder how much... Sooner we would have, or if we would have discovered this sooner, had they not been zeroed in on this bullshit story. I'm sure we would have. Because the FBI, like when they took over, they were like, oh, we have an informant. We're going with this. And why would you would think that like the FBI would know better? Wouldn't you? You'd think you they'd know. Think? Oh, this guy's lying. I mean, my my BS detector was going off. And I'm not an investigator. What I don't understand is they said people were corroborating the story. How is that possible when I, it was obviously bullshit? Well, I mean, what? Did, did she die and was resurrected? That's the thing. Like, like who corroborated the story? Because how many people have lied to the FBI like, over what, this? What parts of those stories were corroborated? Well, My guess is if we went into those details, it wouldn't have been... I don't think corroboration is the best word for it. No, no. Maybe just sort of hinted at it being correct. I mean, if I tell you four different ways that I murdered someone and four different people corroborate one of those, have they? has my story really been corroborated? Uh, I, I know what you're saying, sir. I know what you're saying. And probably like... I mean, you throw enough details out there, eventually somebody will... You'll hit, you'll strike gold eventually. And, and another thing, like Daquan Brown, when he named everyone was at the stash house, he didn't give any real names. He gave like nicknames or like, like you know, like... You know, like so, like they're so there was no way that they could have looked into this. No, 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 no. Like you know, well, if you're gonna lie, make sure and keep the details as vague as possible. <laughs> so yeah, this is how the uh, FBI got turned completely in the wrong direction and uh, well, at least prosecuted her, a poor kid with one arm. Yeah. They'd already paid for his crime. Well, at least her family, Brittany's, uh, finally got some closure. I know that's that's cold comfort, but. My guess is in their position, it's it's better than... Better it's better than, than not knowing. Right. And honestly, it's better than thinking she was trafficked to so many people like And that. fed to alligators. No. My God. I still believe they believe that story. It's like something from an episode of Justified, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. At any rate, that's basically the case. Um we thank you for listening slash watching Fact and Suspicion. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Tell a friend. Tell someone. Uh, like, subscribe. Any way to interact with our video or podcast is a great way to help us out. We thank you. We hope to see you again soon.